Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jingle Jared. In my former occupation, I was the biggest jingle writer of all time. Now, I'm looking for a new job, speaking to every entrepreneur that I can find so I can find out what it's like to transition from one career to another. All of this expert advice has become the bedrock for a podcast I'm calling Occupational Therapy. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. Don't talk when I'm talking. Just results. Mr. Jackson, you are the father. <laughs> Live it, own it, be it. You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's Paternity Court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. Yeah, I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. This is Lips LA. Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's Scott Lips, and this is another amazing action-packed version of episode of Lip Service. Today on the show, we have Mr. Alex Iono. I constantly pronounce his name wrong, so I want to make sure I get it right today. He's an American singer, producer, YouTuber, and actor from Phoenix, Arizona. He's known for his videos on YouTube, which have amassed over 981 million views. And he has about 6 million followers on YouTube, which is a crazy, crazy amount of people. Um, Alex is an amazing guy. We just had him in here. He did some amazing performances. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. One of the first times we've actually done some live performances on the show, which is great. Uh, it's around the holiday time, so we talked a little bit about his life, about how he started his uh, career, how he ended up from busking in Santa Monica to amassing almost a billion views on YouTube to where he's at. He's got a movie coming out. He's got major songs. He's known also for the mashup. So uh, we did some great versions of songs that you'll be hearing in just a moment. And uh, coming to you live from WeWork, here we are. And just in a moment, Mr. Alex Iono. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's Lip Service, and uh, welcome back to another episode. Super excited today with Alex Iono. Did that I get was, it right? Iono. Iono. We're close, you know, but we, it's it's we, better than better than the first tries of most. You know, we spoke about it for at least two minutes, and Alex is an OG singer, songwriter, YouTuber. He is a sensation, and we'll get into everything Alex related. But Alex, Thanksgiving just passed, right? Oh yeah. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, amazing. It's my. It is my favorite holiday. It of is all holidays. Did you, were you with your family? I know you live in Granada Hills. I want to hear your whole story. So this is just the beginning. We're jumping into stuff here, but I have to talk about the fact that it was Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up, and so anything special that you did on Thanksgiving? Oh no, it was like a, I think it was just a classic Thanksgiving. Like I, we woke up, played basketball. My parents live in Utah, so it's way too cold to go outside and play football. So we played basketball in a gym, and. Uh, it was just like a classic Thanksgiving. All of the good foods, good times, good family. Is your mom a good cook? My mom's an amazing cook. But I had a Friendsgiving, and no offense to my friend James, who's a good cook, but it he's never definitely not mom. as good as my mom. Never so. beats mom. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, but, my, uh, mom made some, my mom made some amazing food. Well, your story is a fascinating one, Alex. I'm super excited to have you here. You're originally from Phoenix, Arizona, right? Yeah. 
and then you moved to LA at a young age. And your whole story and kind of how you started in the church and you started in school musicals and everything is a pretty interesting, uh, amazingly fascinating story. Also, the fact that you have amassed millions and millions of views and followers on your YouTube page. Kind of, you know, you've an incredible voice. You do these incredible songs. You just released new music. You have a movie you just shot for Netflix. We're going to get into all that stuff. But your path and your journey and how you started up until now and even people that tune into this, Alex, that, that want to know how do you become successful like yourself? How do you start with a guitar in your bedroom or maybe a high school musical and get to the fact, you know, the point that you're at now with six million subscribers? Like, how does that story begin? Take us to from the beginning to now. Oh, man. It's crazy. Sorry. I Especially with Thanksgiving happening, I it's been a very reflective week this uh, this last week of just thinking back to all the amazing things that... that I've been so blessed to uh, to come across in my life and the amazing fans and whatnot. So it was very cool listening to that and be like, man, we did, we have, we have done all of yeah. that. That's amazing. Because it hasn't been that long that you've been doing this, truth be told, right? It, it not, I mean, it depends. It, if I, if we're talking to somebody who's been in the game for 20 years, no. Yeah. But if we're talking to most of the fans and most of the listeners who can see just the surface, then definitely been in a long time. I was actually, it made me laugh when you first said an OG. Like, that was the first time somebody's ever referred to me as an OG. uh, Because most of the time people see, you know, 2016 as the starting point of my career since that was when the viral videos and signing to the major labels and, 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 amassing the the larger followings happen people usually see oh he's been started he started in 2016 but i actually moved to los angeles in 2011 so, so for 5 years before that i was grinding every single day well take me work. to the beginning cuz obviously you start out doing things that a lot of people do and obviously a lot of people don't achieve what you've achieved right so when you're in your first high school musical when you're doing you're in church and you're singing and whatnot right cuz that's kind of you started listening to people like Lauren Hill and you started listening to different singers that I guess Pharrell might have been an influence of yours. I know John Legend was a huge influence. Some good there, homework right? here. Um, so I, I got to research everyone I have on the show because ultimately that's what it's about, right? So you you were listening to those singers. Who else were you listening to? I, I know that your first CD that you ever bought, I think I heard, was like, now this is music, yeah. right? So, I mean, you're obviously listening to everything sort of pop-related. Was that your genre when you were a kid? You're like, I want to be a pop star? You know, my parents were super... They They did a really good job, I look back, at at everything, but they did a really good job at balancing out me being a kid and listening to what all of the kids are listening to, the popular music, the now that's what I call music compilations, but they also did a really, really good job at making sure if we heard a song that Kanye West sampled, we hear the original song, so right. that when you hear it, you know, it's, it's, it's not always... Uh, it's not always surface level for for this for this newer pop music. There's there's so much depth to it that um, my parents made sure I was aware of. And so listening to even now you hear "Nice for What" by Drake, and you know that that's "Doo-Wop" by Lauryn Hill that right, they sampled, right. sped up, and chopped up. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm very very grateful because while I did listen to the Lauryn Hills, while I listened to the Luther Vandross and the, and the um, you know, everything from Stevie Wonder to Prince to the Beatles, all of the greats, I also, they also let me be a kid and listen to, you know, back in the day, it was, it was like the new Usher albums right. and the new, you know, uh, Ja Rule and Ashanti and, and, and then also listening to just like the pop music as David Guetta came onto the scene and, and, and all of the more EDM house music, I, I became a big fan of those. And years later, you actually write. You actually end up writing with John Legend, which is crazy because he was an artist that you emulated, right? When yes. you were a kid. So, I, I want to hear that whole story, how that happened. But you're in church. You're, you're you have these odd jobs growing up. What, how old were you at that point when you started singing? Kind of in the in the you know school musicals yeah, in the church. I mean, what were you fifteen at that point? Before that, because by the time I was fifteen, I was out of high school working. Doing like doing the like online high school thing, which shout out to my mom because she did like most of the logging in on the <laughs> online high school for me. Sorry to say it, but um, this was you know being in school musicals and everything that was all elementary school. And, oh, okay. and going to church, you know, I was raised in a very um, strong, uh, faithful family that 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 attended. Um, church every Sunday, and we would be singing musical numbers. And By the way, the bands are amazing in church, right? People don't know how great those bands are when you go to church. Like, the drummers are incredible. All the singers are obviously incredible. The new Kanye West album, obviously oh. based on 
everything of had right. going to church. So people don't realize like what an education that is in music when you start like that. The crazy thing for me is I was ra- I, I was raised Mormon, and and my family's were very strong um, Mormon family, and so the Mormon church is not that. Like mm. the Mormon church is very reverent. It's like we all sing as a congregation. There's no choir. Up oh, you on didn't top. have a band. There was no no band. no band. Oh, just okay. an organ or a piano. So it wasn't really unless I went to church with my friends, which I which you know we try to do as a lot. My parents were really. Uh, good about making sure that we were aware of all the other religions, finding the through lines and all of them. Um, <clears throat> but they they made it a really uh, they made it a habit to make sure that we were uh, actively going to other churches and trying. So I, I was very. So you never had a band. No, I never had the band, but you I always got to I got to go to the churches where they had the band. So oh, was, that's cool. It was very cool. And then coming up and and and. Once I moved to LA and I got to go experience other church, you know, my manager is Jewish and and I have friends that go to you know Baptist church and I have one of my friends is like Pentecostal, so we'd go like we got to go experience all these other all these other groups and so we got to experience the music and the way that they worshipped and and so that helped also build into the depth. So it was like then you did some high school you did some high school musicals too. It was, it was just, just like it was elementary just school. elementary and then I remember I was in eighth grade. And I had a role in uh, like our junior high, high school's Susical the Musical. And I got kicked out because um, it was right when I was starting to come back and forth between L.A. and, and Phoenix. And I was missing too many rehearsals. So they, they kicked me out to play. That always happens. You gotta, it's my, you Michael, gotta be it's my Michael Jordan. You know, it's like <laughs> right. it's my Michael Jordan didn't make his high school team. I got kicked out. <laughs> Of my play, my and and musical. take me through after that, right? Like, where do where do you end up after that? Because at a certain point, you move to L.A. and you start getting into, you know, you, did, did you ever think that this would be a career for you? Did you ever think this is what I'm focused on? Because now, at young, sometimes you meet kids now, they're like eight, and they're like, you know what? I know I'm going to be a physicist, and right. I'm like, you're eight years old. What's going on over here? So, at what point did you kind of, you know, say to yourself, I really think that this is a career for me? Was it when you started putting stuff on YouTube? Or was it before then even? I think it was it was a, it was a quite a bit before that. Um, my parents were always very, very uh, aware of how much time I actually spent working on music, working on my craft from a very, very young age. And because so, you kind of moved here like fourteen, yeah, right? fourteen, Which is crazy. And uh, and so when I was like seventh and eighth grade, my dad sat me down and he's like, "Is this something that you want to do? Like, are you wanting? Is this what you want to do for your life, or is this just something for fun?" And to me, like growing up, I always make this analogy, like, you know how kids are always like, I want to be a firefighter. And then the next day they're like, I want to be a, a motocross dr- like rider. Or I want to be an accountant or a lawyer. For me, it was it was all of those things. But it was always like, I want to be like a lawyer, but like low key a singer. Like I, I actually a low sing. key lawyer singer. Like that I'm like, be. I, I'd be like, I object. Um, but I wanted I, that could I was be a new genre, by the way, just a, a lawyer, lawyer singer. singer. I yeah, that spit could be a new genre. nothing but law. Like <laughs> right. I, I passed the bar right. and I raised the bar. Um, I actually love that. I think that's a whole new genre, even on shows on Netflix. The lawyer mm-hmm. singers. That it's a lawyer. A it's like Legally Blonde the musical, but <laughs> right. we're 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 adding a little bit more seriousness. to I it. I love that. But and it was always something that was super like there for me like music was always there so when, when my when my dad sat me down he's like is this something that you want to do that's when i think it turned a tide that it turned from alex is just goofing around on the piano to my dad adding that like you need to work on your craft you need to practice you need to get better you need to write songs you need to do all of that and you were actually like busking on santa monica promenade right yeah, that's sort of how you got discovered it's it's not how i got discovered I mean, I guess in a in a way it did. And that's what, how I met my 15? manager. You, yeah, I was fifteen years old. Is that how you guys met? Uh, that's how my I met my management. Um, Laura's been Laura's been here for like the last last year, and she's okay. amazing. By the amazing. way, hi Laura. Shout uh, out to Laura. <laughs> shout out to Laura. <laughs> um, but I met my manager because I was I was performing on the promenade, um, and I one of my manager's friends had taken a video of me and like sent it, and and they wanted to kind of collaborate on managing me and working with me it ended up just being my manager now billy mann but he uh what were you that's playing how we connected i was playing everything from like the originals that i was writing that day to covers of john legend mainly right. or uh any song that i had learned in my history because the way that it worked on the promenade is you have two hour blocks so i needed to play two hours worth of music realistically i could probably do like one hour and then just do the same hour again because people are just yeah. walking past. 
And what kind of money could you actually make, like busking out there for two hours? Oh, man, I remember, I remember my because my parents because I was underage, um, I had my parents always had to be there, so they would sit there. But we always made it like an activity. So my sisters would come, or my my parents would so invite they would wait my aunts and the uncles. They just sit there and wow. just listen to me play the same old songs. Yeah, so team effort. Shout out, my family is like <laughs> the greatest. Shout out to. But to they my weren't family. living here, so they flew out here and they would kind because of, you right. were actually you moved out here. So. Yeah, my so my father and I were living here permanently, and my mom was tra- coming back and forth and back and forth. My two older sisters were in college, and my younger sister was in was still going to school in Arizona because she wanted to stay with her friends. So you're 15, 16 busking out there. How yeah, old are you? I was. Okay. I was. It was. It was between. Yeah, it was actually just fifteen. Was, and, and your parents are there. You're yeah. playing all kinds of hits. No, no originals at that point. No, right? a few originals. Like few originals. Just not, nothing like big. Like yeah. this is like the songs that I wrote in my bedroom. Yeah. That were compl- like looking back at them, not the best, like in terms of songwriting, but I, I loved them at the time. Actually, so I, I just- am going to ask you your first song you ever wrote, but I do, but I do want to say, so you would make what a hundred dollars? Like, what could you make being oh, out there for no, two hours? For two hours, you could make, you know, more five hundred between one and I think like the most I ever made was like four hundred. Well, the thing is, let's let's rewind. You are a world class act, right? There are people out there <laughs> that are not great that are making. $30 probably. I mean, I think if you're singing like you're singing, ultimately you could probably make $500, but that's not probably what most people make or do that. I, I mean, I think even more than just being the talent, it was it was something that I remember there was another performer on the promenade and his name's Candyman and he was a dancer. And but more than dancing, his showmanship, his ability to connect with people and and be like, "You sir, like what's your name? Like where are you from?" and be able to really draw them in. That was something that I watched him do, and then I would sit with him, and I would talk about it with him. That helped me do it so that when these people are walking past, and they come and they listen, they listen for a little bit, but then they keep walking, stopping the song and being like, yo, 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 what's your favorite song? Like, I'll play it for you right now. And then building that connection is really how I feel, that's how it set apart those who could come out, and they would just make the $30 or the $40, which is still amazing. Yeah. But making those 500 who really, like a... Those who can really pump. I remember listening to... to Candyman talked to me about it, and he's telling me, "Oh man, I can make if I, I like." I remember make get, some guy gave me four hundred dollars cash wow. because I just he had felt this like connection and yeah. wanted to feel like more connected with me, and so. Um, so you were making like two grand a week out there. No, I, I mean because I only went, I only <laughs> like, did it, I only did it on the weekends. Okay, because right. during the weekdays, I was at the time I was working, um, I was working at Brandon's Way Studio with Babyface and okay. and Tony Dixon and and Chris Riddick Tynes and, and someone and that a lot had of been producers. with uh, somebody that that had worked with us for a while, Pia Mia. I heard that you yeah you were in the studio and Pia Mia was there or something, right? That's Wasn't like that a sense? that's like a mega throwback. Yeah. Pia Mia had just come through. I had just come through. We were a bunch of little kids and I and 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 just. We're just out there singing for whoever, whenever, however, ready to go on a dime. Amazing. So maybe you're making six hundred a weekend. Maybe you're making eight hundred, a thousand, whatever it is. It's quite a lot of money when you're fifteen, right? It was cool. Yeah, it was. It's 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 quite a lot of money when you're not paying the bills. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? It's like it's nice when you, we'd finish and I'd be like, let's go to Hooters and get like all the wings and all the fried pickles. I love fried pickles. All the fried pickles, all the wings. Don't matter. Yeah. I got it. Well, I actually want to hear the first song you ever wrote. Do you remember it? Um, you know what? That's a great question. Because you got your guitar here. We actually, mm. we, truth be told, I was talking to you before when you just walked in. Bryce Vine came on. This is, you're actually our second performer to bring an instrument, which is great because as we spoke about, I'm from music. And so this is great. And you sounded incredible. We did a little sound check here. So the first song you ever wrote, because you got, you're, you're also well known for the mashup, right? That's a huge part. And we're going to get into that. So m- let's hear the first song you ever wrote, if you remember. Let me let me capo it up so that I can I can have a good. Do whatever you got to do. Because back great. in the day, I mean, we're writing songs before before puberty, yeah, so we're yeah, writing songs that we're just like <laughs> just keying up as much yeah, as we can. Yeah. I don't even remember the verses, but I was like, yeah, take my time and take my love, baby. What is mine is always yours. It was called Always Yours. That was the, that was the first. You know what? I got to say, it still sounds great. So Thank <laughs> you. We're dropping. It's the new drop. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> your first song is going to be released tomorrow. Too, now. Um, and at a certain point, you got into the mashup box, right? Because you, yeah. you were like, listen, I, I got something here, right? I can take these songs. I can make them my own. I can put my own spin on it. 
And before you know it, you're amassing like millions of views on YouTube, mm. right? So walk me through how that process worked, right? How did that come about? Because it's not a lot of people wouldn't do that, but it's not so easy. You obviously had the talent. People started recognizing. We were just talking before. At a certain point, you were even on Interscope Records, and now you're doing a lot of stuff on your own. You signed to other record labels. So, But talk me through that whole process because it's not usual for people to put stuff on YouTube, put their own mashup, and before you know it, there's 6 million subscribers and millions of views. I think One Dance was one of the first ones that you did, right? Right. right. Uh, I mean, I think it, that One Dance was definitely the one, one of the first ones that started really taking off, but I think it's always very, 67 very... 67 million views. <laughs> I think it took off. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. it start, it, that started taking off out of all of the videos that I was doing, because I think it's very imperative, especially for the listeners, for those who, who are sitting in your bedroom, starting out the same place that I started out, that I started my YouTube channel in 2012, and one dance was created in 2016. All right, so okay. it's a long it's a long process and, and and I don't want that process to ever get lost in the weeds of success because it's I think so many people especially so many millennials and Gen Z are wanting things quickly. They think they think oh you put up a video and immediately it's going to go big and then you're big and you don't have to worry about it. It's not that, you know, in any way shape or form. It was years and years and years of doing regular covers, doing um, acoustic videos, doing basketball trick shots and flash mobs and all of these other videos that we put out. Because even your your earlier songs were more acoustic based. Right, right. And they weren't so, in, you know, there wasn't so much instrumentation and now that's, that's much more orchestrated. But this number to me is astounding. 981 million views. I mean, oh. I can't, when you think about that, right, it's got to feel like a little bit like, that's almost a billion views, right? Yeah. You got to be like, man, something connected with people because there's no way that what you're doing doesn't connect with. And we were just having the discussion about record labels, not record labels, doing it yourself, DIY versus where the industry has gone. And obviously it's something I've been a part of for many, many years. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. I actually want to hear another song too. <laughs> but um, but talk about how that whole process works. So it's years of putting up these videos. Right. In the beginning, they were more like joke videos? No, I mean, in the in the beginning... It was just, I wanted to just connect. Like, I just wanted to, I was watching videos that I connected with. You know, I'd watch Dude Perfect, who was a YouTube channel that right. does basketball trick shots, and I, I love basketball. So I tried doing a basketball trick shot, and I remember flash mobs were a big thing, and I always said, I want to be a part of a flash mob. And so we did a flash mob, and, my, and somebody happened to have a camera that was filming us, so I just popped it up. And you then, might watch Casey Neistat. I would watch Casey it. Neistat, who, yeah, is coming in today. Big shout-outs to Casey Neistat. <laughs> I never forget the night that we snuck into the YouTube Music Awards uh, into, like, the VIP section where, like, Macklemore and Fifth Harmony were, and it was, like, a big thing. So big shout-outs to Casey. But it was it was really just trying to connect, and that's why I think the continual growth was so natural and organic was because I just wanted to connect with people. I realized as I was making mashups on my guitar or covering songs on my guitar, I realized, man, I need to, what is something that I can connect even deeper with? What's something that I can grow and people can grow with me? And production was something that I always wanted to get into. So I started then getting into production. I downloaded Logic Pro and I started making beats. And I started thinking to myself, oh man, if I could add this to my YouTube videos, then that can start growing more and more. And I think if you watch back to the very first video I produced, we're talking like, stock synth, stock drum, right. stock vocal chain. Yeah. And now if you if you watch the most recent videos, we're talking about like very in-depth productions that I that I'm very proud to watch my own growth. You know, I don't claim to be a a Pharrell or or a, yeah. or a Timbaland, but the fact that I can look back at my own videos and fans can look back and anybody who has access to the internet can look back and see where I started and where I'm here now. That to me is the most important part, the growth and that that continuous uh, connection that I have with the fans that they can feel like they are in the journey with me because they are. But even the evolution, Alex, it's funny, right? When you listen and you, and you go back, I mean, you kind of need to be more than one thing these days. You're a performer, but you need to be like a videographer. You need to be an editor. You <laughs> yeah. need to be a, a graphic designer, right? Because sometimes I, I'm trying to put together content for what we do here, and it's like, wait a minute, I don't know how to do like digital animation on these videos. And then I got to find a guy who does it. I got to find a videographer. Shout out to Terrence, who's over Terrence, here. Terrence, right? Terrence and Laura, uh, dude, the, they're the, just crushing it behind the, the scenes. Yeah, people don't know how many people play a part in creating that content and creating, you know, what is uh, the ability to make you be as creative as you are. Right. So when you first started, was it just you? Was it you and a buddy? Was it you and three friends? Like, because that process of even how it starts and to now, 
you might you probably have a team of people, right? So talk about how that happens because even the fact that you started on YouTube, like you definitely probably started, I would imagine, by yourself, right? Yes. And now let's talk about how many people are on your team and how that whole thing has progressed because it's got to be a different the whole path and journey from that to now, and you've been doing it now, I guess you said 2012 is when you started? Yeah. So it's seven years of making videos, right? So walk me through that process of from the beginning, you're by yourself, you're with a guitar, maybe you're with like some loop, or maybe you're singing over a track, right. to now how many people make these things happen for you? So for the YouTube videos, I'm actually very, very, very proud of, of the decision that I made to never let anybody in. Nobody's ever helped me make the YouTube videos. So you Nobody's ever made the beats. Still to this day, I press record on the camera and I That's go cool. and I sit down. It was always something that felt very raw to me. It was something that I felt like um, in a lot of ways nobody else, by adding more and more and more, I think it would dilute the fact that I started out as a kid from his bedroom. And I still record videos on my, you watch my That's most awesome. recent video, I'm on my bed. Yeah, I saw that. Room. I saw and that, so, but I was like, maybe there's a team of people behind you. I don't know. For, for the YouTube videos, it's always just been something very special to me. I, I started out for, with nothing. I started off, literally the microphone that I would record with was, my dad borrowed it from his friend, and then my dad and that friend had a falling out, and I just kept the microphone. <laughs> and I, like, literally, that was how it started. Now, did you research? Microphone. Were you researching programs oh, like yeah. Logic? And Logic. I would record. So. I, uh, I first started editing the videos in iMovie, and then we start. We we graduated up to Final Cut, and now we're in Premiere. And you continually um, grow, and that's the beauty of where we are in the world now. Is that, like you were saying, if you don't know how to do something, you could call a friend, or you could call your friend YouTube, and they'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> right. Like they'll like. I remember. Do you actually? Do you, to, can you actually call YouTube? I think is you there, probably. Like there's a probably number? a work line for there YouTube, but is. I don't think you can ask them for <laughs> video editing. <laughs> Yeah. Hello, YouTube. Uh, I just like, have a question. Yeah, hey, how do I chop up this video? <laughs> um, no, but it was always something that I kept very close with myself and, and sometimes even to a demise because I don't really like taking notes on the YouTube videos. Like, mm. I like, I, there's something about it all being from inside. So, other than connecting with the fans and taking their song requests, there's not really, I've had people be like, you should do this with your videos. And I'm like, no, like, I'm going to do what I think is. Exactly me connecting with the fans and if the fans are like we want to see this then that's different but hearing these other people tell you how to connect with the people that you've already connected with it doesn't really no, read to me and yeah. that's why i think it's so important that i stay real and raw and keep it in my bedroom is because the more that you start going out and you have other videographers and other editors with no hate to terrence at all but like <laughs> for me and the way that i connect with my fans i wanted me to connect with my fans. Sure, I sure. want to be there. I want to be the one that's in the comments and talking to them. And so that's why it's so imperative, especially with the YouTube videos, that I'm always, I don't care about the view number. I don't care about how many likes or comments. All do you I read care those about, comments? Oh, yeah. You do. I, I go through them all the time. Even the I, negative ones? We should uh, we should make a segment. I love those segments on like Jimmy Fallon where they, where read, they just the read the negative comments. Amazing. Yeah. I, weirdly enough, that never really was something that got to me. Yeah. If anything, it was always fuel for me to like continue pushing because I'm like, man, I, I want to push harder and harder because originally there'd be negative comments and now there's negative comments and they get just destroyed. But yeah. like, I had no hate to the people who <laughs> give negative comments, but my fans will, are Rottweilers. My fans will like dog you are out. Are they going to give me a good review on this video? Oh, hey, you just you make sure you give the, the lips podcast. Make sure it's like some good love, guys. Um, that's funny. So you starting to do that. I know you've been walked, you actually worked at All Saints even when you yeah. first started, right? Was that before or after this time? Because, uh, you know, 15, you're busking. Right. When is All Saints? Is that so so this 16, is right. 17? This is All Saints is eighteen because you had to okay. be. I think you had to be eighteen to okay. work for All Saints. So I. Oh no 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 no. Wait a second. Oh, oh no, it was eighteen. I lie. Okay. I lie. It was eighteen. Two thousand fourteen, and I was. Um, I was just. I was in this place where I, I had moved to New York. We had done a lot of, in my mind, really successful touring at sixteen and seventeen years old. And for some reason, when 2014 came around, I had just turned 18 and I was kind of coming into my adulthood and, and uh, I didn't like where I was and I wasn't happy about it. And I was really kind of getting down on myself and, and in the dumps about my growth was kind of stunting and I wasn't getting offered tours and it wasn't growing up and up and up. And so in my mind, I was like, man, maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe this was a fun trip and now it's time for me to to be a regular adult and so so you had already been touring before you worked at all saints yeah oh, no i mean because i was i was 16 17 this was all very independent yeah. all very rootsy like paying to be on tours with r5 um and then eventually getting to go on tour with bridget mendler playing shows with um 
what was that band? There was a boy band. I want to say they were called The Weeknd. Mm. Or something there, like there's that. There's the internet, but that's a different. No, 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 no. This is like a boy band. They've okay. they've come and they've broken up and oh. done the whole thing. But playing shows, I played a show with the Backstreet Boys oh, like cool. back, back, back in the day. Uh, but this was beforehand, and and doing all that touring again. Looking back at it now, looking at that touring, I'm like, oh, it was not at, at the time. I was like, I'm blowing up, I'm blowing up. <laughs> right. But it was really just playing, you know, shows for a thousand dollars a night, but also having to pay that $1,000 immediately back into the costs of touring. Pay for play, yeah. Exactly. And it's so, interesting, Sam, when you look at your career trajectory, because I was looking at a lot of stuff and listening to a lot of your earlier songs, actually you haven't put out like a full length. They've all been singles, right? Oh, no, so no, it's no, sing- So what's interesting is that you're putting up these mashups, you're doing other people's songs. At a certain point, you actually... Tell me about the process of how you signed your record deal and all that, because that's always interesting, too, because it's not a traditional process. Right. And we were talking about it now when you have six million subscribers, when you're getting, you know, you're amassing 981 million views. Do you need a record label? Do you want to do it yourself? Like, right. what was your mentality towards that? Because obviously you're already your own brand. So now bringing in a record label, major record label, that comes with a lot of responsibility fiscal responsibility people don't understand you know you get a record deal and everyone's like i got a million dollar advance you know you got to pay that back yeah you know it all and you know that money you know is just a loan from the bank and if you make a video now no one really makes videos for a half million dollars right. unless you're like kanye or whatever but if you make a video for a million dollars or a half million or whatever you got to pay it back it's all got to go back and i'm very lucky that i had from the jump i've had um very very financially aware friends and peers and and business managers who have always been very uh, conscious and made Mm. me very conscious of money that comes in that is for me and money that comes in that is, uh, in essence, a loan that's going to go right back out. And so I think to answer that massive question of of label versus no label when you have a following and, and, you know, I have absolute love for Interscope. They were an amazing partner, John Janik. Everybody, everybody at Interscope that 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 pulled through and and kept fighting and fighting and fighting for me, they were great. And and my answer is, I don't think labels are 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 the yes or a no. It's just it depends for who you are. Sure. The work that I got done with Interscope, releasing so many records and and connecting with the fans and going out on tours, it was great work. And everybody there that was at the record label was so kind and so supportive and so wanting to push and keep going and keep going. Um, but also in that same breath, I think if you can amass the following on your own, you've seen so many people who have done it without. You have your Chance the Rappers. You have your uh, your Macklemore's and right. all of those artists who have built it and really put their feet on the ground. There's no pedestal. It's me, feet on the ground, pump, pump, pump. Yeah. And so it's something that's super... Uh, case by case, mm. I think. And so I love Interscope for the work that we did. They'll always be very, very sweet and very, very kind um, in my heart and in my view. They were always good. This isn't even, I, we are talking about it off the microphone and I have nothing but positive things to say about Interscope. But sometimes it's just, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's it, the views and the visions and, and my ability to connect with the fans made it a different it just made it the route just went this way and so now fir- i'm very happy yeah i was gonna say i think the first guy that kind of broke out from kind of it's probably one of your peers is sean mendez oh right? man sean is amazing so, yeah he was like the guy that you know came from the same school youtuber and but he wrote amazing songs and he ended up really doing super well with it so there's different ways right people go the indie route are there like indie sort of like youtubers that have done really well that you look up to that you really admire that I mean there's also like school? you look at Troy Savant right, Troy, Troy Savant is yeah, a very underspoken yeah. like a very like uh, is it soft spoken no it's not soft spoken he's, he's underrated yeah. for the fact that he did also go from the 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 social media realm and you yeah. have so many artists now who are even if it's not as heavily social media to traditional media as the Sean Mendes is in myself and 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 uh, Troy Savon. You have so many artists who are really trying to build their social media and and connect with fans. Khalid is one of the best Definitely. connect. He connects with his fans every single day. Like I, I look at him, I'm like, where do you get this time <laughs> right. to connect with the fans? Winning you know? Grammys, you know, connecting with the fans, just and crushing it. Crushing Khalid it, yeah. is like is is an absolute yeah. catalyst for this this artist traditional and and social media, you know, modern media um, collaboration. 
So at a certain point, you're making your own music, you're doing these mashups, and then do you kind of make a conscious effort, you want to move away, because you're still doing the mashups, but yeah. you're like, am I going to move away from that or go straight into my own stuff? Because now you're acting, we'll talk about the Netflix yeah. movie in a second, <laughs> we'll talk about your new music, your new song you just released, yeah. we're going to hear your new song you just released, yeah. which is super exciting. Um, but do you make like an effort in your head, or you're like, you know, I've been so successful doing these mashups, like, should I do my own music are you I know you've been doing it all along right. but like do you kind of like are you ever in your head like you know this is working really well it's it's hard you know out there in music and obviously you've been successful in both right. but do you kind of ever think you know maybe I'll just stop doing the mashups and only work on my own stuff is that sort of a conscious decision or you just do what you do you know it's it's to me it is just about I, I, I see so many artists who do that who do the like oh we now we're doing the new thing so now we don't have to do the old thing and for me, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just in this, why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, why not do both? Why not connect deeper? Why not um, continue doing what you've been doing while doing the new thing? Why not? Yeah. Just go for it. So you're going to do both. You just so keep I've been doing, doing what you're both. doing. You know, obviously, like, I was filming this movie, and I really tried to stay active and keep posting and keep connecting. Um, but Finding you know, Ohana. Filming, we should talk yeah, about finding that. Finding Ohana. So uh, can we talk about that yeah, a little go, bit? Yeah, let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. go right into it. <laughs> so this is a movie. You just got back. Yes. You were in Thailand. You were in Hawaii. Right. And how was it? It was such a, a new experience in, in the best way. Like, you know, I come from this music world where even with the record label, it's like you do. You make your music videos. And, and other than that, you're like kind of by yourself in the studio with one producer or two producers, a couple writers, whatever it is. Um very rarely do you have uh, a collaboration of such a large scale. And so the movie really, you know, shout outs to UTA, my agency. They were sending me out for different roles. Um, Peter DeSantis over at UTA was sending me out for, for roles. And he knew that we were working heavily on music. And so he had made us a promise. He's like, I'm only going to send you for roles that I really genuinely think you can get. Can we this talk was, about it's about or not really? It's like, uh, not, not really. really. I, I, I'm actually just happy because originally we were going to do this podcast before I went filming right, the movie true, and true. I couldn't even talk about right. it. So that's why I was like, oh man, like I'm going to go on this and you're going to be like, so what are you doing for the rest of the year? And like, I'm like, ah, ah, I can't, can't really, really say, it. but I'll be gone. So I'm happy now, you know, uh, Jude Wang, who directed it, Ian Bryce, who produced the movie and his production company, who has... They've done everything from all of the Transformers movies, Saving Private Ryan, Twister. Amazing. It, getting to be a part of um, and coming back to it, going from being in the studio or being in my room by myself to now being on a set with hundreds of people who are all collaborating towards one goal was wild. All I want to ask you, are you a good guy or a bad guy? I'm a good guy. Okay, good. But I, I also have feeling. Care. It's, I just it's, had a, a it's strong a character feeling. developing good guy. You know, okay. it's like you got to, I think there's very, there's a lot of, a lot of fun, exciting things that happen that I can't talk about. Well, in the movie. we can't talk about it, but we're excited <laughs> to see it. And we want to talk about your new music. So, yes. Be Alright Forever, your new tune, yeah. just released already, 100,000 views, whatever oh, it may man. be. The video's out already. We did a little sample, and right. shout out to Mana, right. who just walked in and Sadie. Um, hey, we actually hello, did. Hello. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about it before you came in that Mana's been a big fan of yours. So, we wanted to play a song now. Yes. So, um, Be Alright Forever, why don't we? Pick up the guitar again. Yeah, I'll grab it, the guitar. It sounded so good that I just felt like other people needed to hear this in the <laughs> room, and and not just me and you know everyone else in here. So here we are. Um, so um, this song just came out. Yeah, let's talk about it for a minute. Like, what's it mean to you? What's it about? So uh, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot about it. So the the record we wrote right before I left for the movie, and we were getting ready for this movie. And in getting ready for the movie, I started feeling this stress about, oh, man, I'm, like, leaving music. Like, I'm not doing music, which is my thing. Like, this is what I do. This is what I've put my 10,000 hours into. And now I'm just going to, like, bounce on it, and I'm going to just kind of abandon it for a little bit. And, I'm, and I was stressing about it. I started thinking, man, if I go and I can't connect with the fans, like, I don't want them to leave. And I started getting my mind into this darker place of worrying about numbers and worrying about fans and worrying about um, – and not and – not, worrying about fans in, in the right sense, worrying about fans in the wrong sense, in the sense of if they leave, I'll have nothing, and, and adding my own personal value to what others can view me as. <clears throat> and as we started writing this record, and we already had the hook of, I know we'll be all right, I know we'll be all right, it started 
becoming very, very uh, personal to me. And the video is sort of about what you have and what you don't have. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, how you can achieve it in a Which sense. Which we filmed during my only off day in Hawaii That's that awesome. week. Like, I, I flew out my buddy, Tori Catalano. Shout outs to you, brother. You're the best. And he came out. We brainstormed an idea the night before. And then the next day, we just filmed it. And I wanted a video that kind of so- told that same story of no matter how many blessings you have. I was in Hawaii, and I was, I was surrounded by amazing food, amazing people, amazing opportunities. I wanted that music video to paint that you can be in the greatest place and still be blind to everything but what you don't have. Yeah. And so Maybe. throughout the video, I wanted that arc of going, okay, we, I, all I wanted from the beginning was a guitar, and then I got my guitar. And now instead of being happy I have a guitar, it was immediately like, well, but I don't have what I need to produce and record and then once you have that and it's always wanting wanting it's like wanting. i want a relationship i want my freedom <laughs> exactly yeah. like you as soon as you want it it's gone yeah. as soon as you want it you have it you want the next thing and we should talk about this song has been playlisted on all types of major playlists on <laughs> youtube spotify 21 countries new music friday which is amazing um so i think we need to let it rip right be let's all right forever it. let's have a party here we go you're listening to lips la with scott lips Singing in the morning. They got that raspy voice, you know? Stressing out a million miles away from songs about Ibiza. Missing out, money's got a way of making losers out of dreamers. But we spent all night at Canyon Lake under a tin roof porch in the pouring rain. You drank barefoot wine while I sparked the flame singing Spanish Harlem by Benny King. Yeah, I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. No, oh, I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. Airplane starts, fade out with the feeling like broken hearts are fleeting. Yeah, oh, we are. Lost kids in such meaning Like no one said it was easy But we spent all night at Canyon Lake Under a tin roof porch In the pouring rain You drank barefoot wine While I, I sparked the flame Singing Spanish Harlem by Benny King, yeah, yeah, I know we'll be alright, I know we'll be alright, I know we'll be alright forever, no, oh, I know we'll be alright, I know we'll be alright, I know we'll be alright forever, no, oh, we spent all night at Canyon Lake under a tin roof porch in the pouring rain. You drank barefoot wine while I, I sparked the flame singing Spanish Harlem by Benny King. Yeah, yeah, I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. No. Amazing. That's going to be a regular feature on the show, Alex. <laughs> By the way, I'm, you're not off the hook because before oh, I, oh, there's one more thing I want you to do. Yes. Because we and then we're going to talk about next year, 2020, and everything. Okay. We're going to wrap up here. But one more song because that was so great, and I need to do it again with you. Like a mashup that you're known for because you're oh, known wow. for all this stuff. So okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here because I know you do this so well, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what you do like on a daily basis. So and this is what you're known for too. Is one of the things you're known for. So if you had to pick a mashup that you could do. Maybe one of the ones that, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't want to one Dan, anything, right, you know. Right. I can throw some stuff out. There's a great post Malone cover you just did. Let's see. But um, I know you have to be able to play what? it on guitar. Let's so. do we'll do we'll do one dance just okay. because it's a I haven't sung this song forever. Yeah. But, um
just Creeps on your waist, run away back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I never run away. Even when I'm away, OT, OT. There's never much love when we go OT. I pray I make it back in one piece. I pray, I pray. And that's why I need a one dance. Got an in my hand. One more time for I go. Higher powers taking a hold. I need a one dance. Got an in my hand. One more time for I go. Higher powers taking a hold. Yeah. Oh, baby, I like your style. Yeah. Strength and guidance. All that I'm wishing for my friends Nobody makes it from my ends I had to bust up the silence You know you gotta stick right by me Soon as you see the text, reply me I don't wanna spend time fighting Como tú te amas, yo no sé De donde llegaste, ni pregunté Lo único que sé es que quiero con usted Quedarme contigo hasta el amanecer Como tú te amas, yo no sé De dónde llegaste ni pregunté Lo único que sé es que quiero con usted Quedarme contigo hasta el amanecer Let's go Óyeme mamacita, tu cuerpo higadita Piel morena, lo que no necesita Mirando una chica tan bonita, pregunto por qué anda tan solida. Dale, ae, ae, moviendo todo eso pa' mí. No importaría más ni el país, llevámonos de aquí. Que tengo algo bueno para ti, una noche de aventura que vivir. Óyeme, ae, ae, mami, vamos, dale. Rumiando, bebiendo a la vez. Tú tranquila que yo te daré una noche llena de placer. I need one dance, yeah. One more time for I go. Higher powers taking a hold. I need a one dance. Quedarme contigo hasta el amanecer. Amazing. Wow, we just started a whole new trend here, Alex, with like music on the show. Whoa. How great was that? <laughs> So everyone knows how great that, that was great. Oh, that was amazing, 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 amazing. So I could just sit here and listen to that all day and we don't need to talk. <laughs> it's fine, you know. Um, that was great. And, and what, what a pleasure. So 2020, my brother. Yes. So you got a lot going on. You got the movie coming out. Yes. By the way, everyone go download Be All Right Forever. Thank you. you. Listen to it on Spotify. Let's give out a shout out to all your channels, all your tags, right? Oh, man. Follow you on Instagram. Yes. I got, I got a weird last name, so it's always the same, no matter what. It's at Alex Iono, A-I-O-N-O. Okay, well, I couldn't say that you said it better than I could, but obviously, for <laughs> obvious reasons, YouTube, 6 million subscribers, be 6 million and 1, so everyone should do that. <laughs> Check out the movie, too, right? So yeah, we're excited about the movie. should be coming out 2020. And then also, you might even have, like, a Christmas surprise coming up. Should we talk about that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, was, I was just sitting there, and I always constantly think to myself, how, how can we keep connecting? How can we keep going? And, and especially this year, having so much... Um, abundance in, in all aspects in terms of connecting with the fans, getting to go out on Fun 2-3 tour this year, making a movie, um, continuing to release music, and continuing to connect on social media. I was like, how can we have a cool uh, um, looking back moment while releasing like a present something to new? The fans, new right? And a little present for us yeah. to all celebrate. So I want to put together uh, I'm, I'm asking the fans for their help to help me choose, but my favorite covers that I've ever done. So not necessarily the big ones, not necessarily the most views, but the ones that I look back at and I go... What are your favorite ones? I guess you have to wait and see, Scott. <laughs> right. You gotta wait and see. I well, can't, I tell, I can't tell every secret on a podcast. <laughs> right. Well, definitely tune into that. We're excited for the future. So anything else that you want to accomplish in 2020 that you haven't done yet? Because you've done a lot at a pretty young age. There's. What are, you, uh, are you 21? 23. 23, okay. I'm old now. So 20, the old age of 20 <laughs> 23, you've accomplished quite a lot. Um, anything looking forward to for 2020 that you want to do that you haven't? You've toured the world. You've gotten a billion views. You have songs everywhere, right. Spotify playlists. So what haven't you done? There's one specific thing that I haven't done yet, and I'm doing it in 2020. I'm actually going to do we gotta it We've got to be able 20- to talk about some stuff. I'm doing I mean, it at the end of 2019. Can we talk about um, that? 
it's a special little project that I'm working on for okay. the rest of the year. Can you give a hint or something? I can't give you any other <laughs> hints. Literally, my manager <laughs> called me on the way here, and he was like, yo, I want you to tell him you got a special project that we're working on, but you cannot say what it is. So okay. um, it's something that we talked about. This is a little Easter egg. Something we've talked about on this podcast that I haven't done that I'm going to do in 2020, but I'm actually going to do it in 2019. Maybe being on an episode of Black Mirror, that's my that's favorite, what show it is. favorite show. Me and Anthony <laughs> McKinney are going to do a Black Mirror episode together, but not the one that he not the one that he did before, a different one. That's my favorite show, so I, I know it's I mean, one of Anthony yours. Anthony Mackey. That's, Anthony is Mack, that, right. that's his name, right? Yeah, The dude so. that, that's on the Black Mirror episode? Yeah, well, there's so many episodes, I don't know. But the one where they do the video the game. The Star Trek one? The, no, the one where it's a video game. Oh, right, right. That's a great episode. I it's love great episode. those episodes. Amazing. Well, listen, it's such a pleasure. You're, you're an incredible inspiration, incredible voice. Oh, thank Everyone you. Go check out all your music. Check out the movie, yeah. and and I'm hoping that we get to know pretty soon what the project is for next year that we can talk about. But I'm sure all your six million fans and a billion views that you know everybody will know soon, right? I'll tell you what. Right. When 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 the project is ready to be talked come about, on again. we're gonna come back to the list exactly, podcast. Exactly. We'll do I love, it again. I love that. And this, the music was great. That's gonna be a regular thing now. And you started the trend. So. Wow. Thank you again, my brother. Pleasure having you here. And and I'm actually going to play that video for Casey, who's coming on next. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, ask him if he remembers. It's the same day that he ran the New York Marathon. I think he'll remember, because I took a video of it, so I'll show it to him. Cool. Thanks, Alex. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, guys. The show is brought to you today. Thursday's Boots. Thursday's Boots, as you know, the boots that I wear all the time at Thursday's Boots. If you don't know... And I think you guys should know, Thursday Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. They've got over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. My favorite boots, you guys are constantly seeing me talk about Thursday's Boots all the time. My favorite boots, I wear them all the time constantly. You'll constantly see them in my Instagram photos. So check them out. Highest quality, full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, gold standard for boots. And they are my favorite at Thursday's Boots. Check them out now. We're coming to you live from WeWork. Just had Alex on the show. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Hi, this is Dennis Quaid. And I want to tell you about a new show I've produced that I know you're going to love. It's called The Pet Show, and well, it's a show about pets, dogs, cats, snakes, birds, and our relationship with these animals. It's the podcast with a purpose. Listen to The Pet Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. When you when I said I'm a Don't talk when I'm talking. Just results. Mr. Jackson, you are the father. <laughs> Live it, own it, be it. You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's Paternity Court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. do y'all i'm uncle drank star of the ballad of uncle drank it is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcast 